I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Are you ready? What's going on here? Resistance. Is futile. This indeed you are is Fan Effect. Welcome to another episode of Fan Effect, brought to you by our wonderful friends at the Megaplex Theaters, Utah's premier movie theater experience. I'm your host for today, Kellyanne Halverson, and we are going to be talking about a different premier theater experience, that of the comedic musical Something Rotten at Pioneer Theater Company, now through March 12th. As a theater lover, I am just so happy to be talking live theater once more after a bit of a coronavirus forced hiatus. I have fellow theater lovers as guests today, and I'm just so excited to talk to them and really explore our love of theater. Our first guest today is probably an even bigger theater lover than me. And I know that because she is the founder of Utah Theater Lovers. Uh, It's a Facebook group. They travel. They go to all these different shows together. And I just want to welcome today my friend who I finally met in real life (laughs) on Friday when she joined me to see Something Rotten, Megan Gutierrez. Welcome, Megan. Oh, thanks for having me, Kellyanne. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here today. Before we get started to talk about, you know, Pioneer Theater Company, Something Rotten, can you tell me a little bit about how you founded the Utah Theater Lovers and what it is? Sure. So back in the late 2000s, I started going to a lot of local theater alone, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to see theater with other people, and I had a really hard time finding my people. So eventually, I started a meetup group in 2012 to find other people who might want to attend a show with me. And so this weekend, we actually celebrated our 10th anniversary. We're over 4,200 members on Meetup now and about 5,000 social media connections across the board. So we've done a lot of things, and that's kind of our story and how we got here today. Oh, I love it. And you guys don't just do Utah. You also, like, travel to Broadway, correct? Yeah, about five years ago, I think it was 2016, we took our first theater lovers uh, travel experience together, and there was five of us who went to New York. And since then, we've started working with All Points Travel, and we have done about 20 trips to date uh, with our next one to New York next month, or actually now it's this month. This month, uh, that's right. We're recording. At the end of March, yep. Oh, that is so cool. And that's one thing I really love about this is, you know, I grew up in the Utah theater and art scene, and it's like where I found my people. (laughs) And so all of a sudden I'm getting comments from my friends about five years ago, and they were, you know, talking in this group. And so that's how I joined. I actually had my first experience going with you to something on Friday, and that was our wonderful show, Something Rotten. 
And one reason I was so excited to do that one is because I knew it was a show that celebrated theater so much. Uh, and so I really wanted to go do that. And, of course, I had to bring you on and had to do a podcast, so I'm so excited about that. Um, let's talk a little bit about what the plot is for Something Rotten. And I think this first segment will do a spoiler-free review. And then as we continue through the podcast, we plan to have an actual cast member joining us from Something Rotten. We're going to go ahead and continue uh, talking about our love of theater and why we enjoy doing it here in Utah particularly. So let's go ahead and let's explain Something Rotten. So as a lesser known production, uh, unless you're an avid theater person, (laughs) Something Rotten really is a valentine to the phenomenon that is musical theater. The plot revolves around London Renaissance, where William Shakespeare really is at the top of his game. He's producing hit after hit to the chagrin of the head of his former theater group. Uh, You might have recognized this name, Nicholas Bottom, Nick Bottom. (laughs) Bottom sees Shakespeare as a hack with less talent than himself, as well as his writer brother, Nigel. In sheer frustration, Nick visits a soothsayer to see into the future and to learn what the biggest thing in theater will be. And it turns out to be this strange concept of singing and dancing during a play. (laughs) Although it is the stupidest thing that Nick has ever heard, (laughs) he decides to put on the first musical ever. And this leads to just a bunch of confusion, including... Issues with his long-suffering wife, his theater company, and the heavily pressured Shakespeare in all of London. The show unfolds on stage and just is an uproarious musical. Uh, It's full of Shakespearean fun, full of parodies for theater lovers to just enjoy. And, uh, you know, as Nick unravels in his own frustrations, there's some themes of being true to yourself throughout the whole thing. So it is just a really a fun production. And we went and sought out Pioneer Theater So I really enjoy going to Pioneer Theater Company. One of the things I love about going there is I always know it's going to be just a high-quality production. Because it's associated with the University of Utah, there is a lot of students that work on it. There's a lot of support for it there. And they also have this awesome concept of bringing in professionals from around the country to actually be in these productions. So when you go there, you're going to see a lot of people from the Actors' Equity actually in the cast. You're going to be reading through the bios, and there's people who've been on Broadway. And everyone from those special performers coming from Broadway to ensemble cast in the background just really support each other to put on a a great production. And I really found that with this one. Now, as I was talking to you, Megan, on uh, Friday night, you said that you, when you talk about local theater, you like to focus on the positives, correct? Absolutely. Yep. We're part of the theater lovers group. That's who we are. And so we really celebrate the magic of theater and look for all the things that we enjoy and we just love about it. See, I have kind of the same outlook because, you know, above all, I consider myself an arts advocate and I want people to go experience the art. Uh, And I want them to be able to enjoy it. So I love praising what is good. I think one of my most heartbreaking moments in theater, I was doing a local production with one city and a different city was doing the same production that they were rehearsing for. And I heard cast members badmouthing our show before even seeing it. (laughs) And that's just no good. Right. And it kind of just breaks my heart because I want to focus on the good and have the arts lift each other up. And so, like, I'm always talking about what's great. And one thing I loved about this is it really was a a standout performance. They had 
beautiful costumes. They had wonderful sets. You know, there was a little bit of issues when it came to lighting and microphone and things like that, just because it was opening night. <laughs> There's always a little bit of glitches in opening night, and those are easily going to be, yep. yeah, those will easily be, be hammered out. But I just thought there were some wonderful performances in this one, particularly the the Bottom Brothers. I thought they were just amazing. What was some of your favorite performances in this one? You know, Pioneer always does such a great job in all of their productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all really beautifully put together. I love the mix of equity cast, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. with the local talent. Uh, I love how they bring in a lot of the University of Utah students. So overall, I thought the production was fantastic. You know, we went with my Utah Theater Lovers group the next day, mm-hmm. and the people after were just talking about how light they felt and one person said you know I don't think I've laughed this much in two years she said it was so healing and what I needed and that that really spoke to me about what theater should be and what it can do for people it can just transport us to whatever place and time we need to be in and this one it comes at a great time it's uplifting it's a a love letter to theater and everything that we miss about it so Mm -hmm. I I just I loved all of it Uh, of course the cast was great I love the sets by George Maxwell. I think everything just came together beautifully, as it always does at Pioneer. Yeah, and so PTC just always does a great job with these type of performances and really uplifting the audiences around them. You know, I always tell people that's my favorite local production. You know, I don't want other people to get mad at me. But I I really love going to Pioneer Theater Company for not just the – wonderful production value, but also they're really great when it comes to education. And like you've done a lot of interactions with the cast members and with PTC in general with your group, correct? Yeah, absolutely. We've been, uh, I remember when I first started in on the scene, I actually did theater reviewing and uh, critiquing for a while. And Piner was the first theater company to officially extend an invitation to me as a press member. And they, they will always hold a very special place in my heart for recognizing uh, what I was trying to do early on. So mm-hmm. it, it's been a great journey to have with them. Well, and I was part of that journey as well as when I went to high school, uh, we would always go to these productions at Pioneer Theater Company. And they were really wonderful. Uh, you know, we'd see the show and then we'd have a sit down afterwards where we'd talk to the directors. We'd talk to the actors and talk about the process of theater in the first place. So that's one thing I really liked about that is they actually go the extra mile for it. I'm not just going to present the production and shut down. But they're very active in the community and, and reaching out to people and to teaching. And I love that their motto really is take it to feel. And that's really what they give you as an audience, that wonderful feeling of enjoying theater. And I think this is a great experience to be able to to draw that in. Um, I actually wrote about it on Desert News. So you can look up the review. And I just wrote about the experience of being back in the theater again, surrounded by people. I've seen a few things here and there during the pandemic. But this really felt like the first time back to theater for me. How about you? You know, we were able to go to New York in <sighs> the fall. So that was a really big welcome back. Uh, but locally, I haven't been to a lot lately. So this really was one of the first shows that we saw coming back out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it actually is one that we're going to use to kick off our monthly events again. Mm-hmm. So it really is kind of spearheading, hopefully, the future and what theater will become again here in the Salt Lake and Utah area. That's awesome. So you say you do this is kicking off a once a month event again. What's your kind of lineup coming up for the next few months? And we're in our March 1st, 2022 right now. 
Yeah, so we actually haven't gotten that far uh, because <laughs> we're, we're not quite in the groove yet coming, you know, brushing off, brushing off the dust a little bit. So I know our March event is going to be Romeo and Juliet with Odyssey mm. Dance Theater, oh. and that's going to be on March 12th. So we'll be doing that, and I know in June we're going to be working with Plan B Theater uh, to do one of their productions, and uh, we'll have a couple others, uh, you know, obviously each month. We also have, a, I mentioned, our, Mar- our New York trip in March. So we're kind of gearing up to get back on the road and kind of do things. And we're really excited about all of it. Oh, I'm excited about that too. That's so great. Um, and for those that are interested, something rotten runs through March 12th, 2022 with evening shows Monday through Saturday and a Saturday matinee tickets are between 48 and $77. They do have student tickets and, and rush for students and things such as that. You can find all this information at pioneertheater.org. I really liked the show. I thought it was just really fun. It was really colorful. Anyone who loves theater, whether it's Shakespeare or just musical theater in general, are going to really enjoy this show. And I'm excited because next segment, we are actually going to be joined by Nostradamus himself. So that soothsayer, (laughs) that is the one that tells Nicholas Bottom uh, about the musical future of theater. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk to Robert Anthony Jones, who does play Nostradamus in this production. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Fan Effect. We are continuing our conversation about Pioneer Theatre Company's current production of Something Rotten, running now through March 12th, 2022. In our last segment, me and the founder of Utah Theater Lovers, Megan Gutierrez, talked about the actual production, a bit about why we like PTC and why we like to do all this sort of theater. Now we are both excited to actually be joined by a cast member from the show. Robert Anthony Jones, known as Raj, is an off-Broadway and on-Broadway performer. He was lucky enough to play, and we were lucky enough to see him portray Nostradamus in Something Rotten. Uh, Local audiences might have recognized him at past PTC productions such as Cagney, The Music Man, A Christmas Carol. Uh, But, like, the coolest thing, 
He made his Broadway debut in Finding Neverland, playing Mr. Cromer and Mr. Henshaw, and he has had a life full of theatrical experience. I was reading through his bio and like, from national tours with Andrew Lloyd Webber's Broadway mega hit, The Phantom of the Opera, Off-Broadway's Banicula, and so much more. I am so excited we got a chance to catch you today. Raj, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I've been so looking forward to this. <laughs> well, I'm just glad to talk to the theater lovers after this whole COVID hiatus. So this has been wonderful. I know. <laughs> now, is there anything I missed that's important from your expansive bio? Um, only just my son. I had a son during this pandemic. So oh, congratulations. I all of this to my son, AJ. Oh, I love that. And AJ. Not theater related, but he is a ham. <laughs> Aren't we all? How old is he now? I mean, he had no chance without, with, with his family. <laughs> his name is Aiden Jackson, but we call him AJ. Oh, I so. love it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, and we're so glad that you're able to be here today. Now, tell us a little bit about your experience working with PTC. How were you able to stumble upon this, quote, unquote, little theater in Utah? Oh, well, I mean, PTC and our <laughs> business is not, uh, it's, it's actually a really good regional oh, yeah. theater. <laughs> um, but I had a, I had actually worked with Karen Eisenberg mm-hmm. years before. You know, we worked, uh, we did, I think we did a show for the um, New York uh, Musical Theater Festival. I think uh, we did a show at the York Theater, which is an off-Broadway theater um, in Manhattan. And so I had, you know, Karen and I had worked together before. And then I auditioned for A Christmas Carol. And that was 10 years ago in December. I can't believe it. <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, we just went from there. So I'd come back for different productions. And I actually have worked in Utah for years because mm-hmm. years before that, I worked at a theater um, in Ogden uh-huh. <laughs> um, for about three years, I think. So I'm I'm very well versed with the Utah theater scene. I love the Utah theater scene. People are surprised if they're not from this state, but it's this clash of very traditional kind of theatrical that kind of uh, conservative feel to it. And then you have this awesome counterculture of theater that just mashes together in these events that you're not going to see anywhere else. You're going to go to these beautiful locations to see it, like to a con or any of these things. And like, we support theater like no other state. It is, it is so much fun. So I'm, I'm glad you like actually participating in theater in Utah. Oh, I love it. And uh, I mean, you know, Pioneer Theater Company is to me, it's the best of the best. Oh, that makes me so happy. Well, and you talked about Karen Asenberg. She's the artistic director of Pioneer Theater Company. And she yes. also was the director of Something Rotten, correct? Or am I misreading? Correct. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now, this was kind of a weird experience because they gained these rights in 2019. They were going to show do the show in 2020. I remember being so excited talking to the people about it. But the pandemic... <laughs> Kind of made all this stop and be delayed. What was that like? Were you were you part of the cast that was already cast for the 2020 show? Yeah. Okay. And what was what was weird was we were about to leave. I actually didn't realize my friend Daniel Plimpton, who plays um, Nigel, had reminded me the other day. Uh, we were like, oh, oh, oh no, yeah, the actress in the show, B Galliana. 
she reminded me it was I mean, it was about two weeks before we were supposed to come and do this. <laughs> and then throughout the pandemic, Karen, you know, was updating us saying we don't know what's happening. <laughs> we're not sure what's going on. And then we get an email like like we thought, you know, we're going to have to postpone this. And I think it was postponed for the next year mm-hmm. and then of course you know the next year came and she said we're gonna have to postpone it again fingers crossed it's gonna be at this time and then finally lo and behold we were able to get here but she was very adamant about wanting you know she you know anyone who was cast and still able to do it was brought was brought you know, with us those two years. So it was definitely a full circle. Opening night was something very magical because it was a full circle moment of we're finally up here doing this with an audience that's spectacular and a show that we're incredibly proud of. Oh, that makes me so happy. Me and Megan were actually both there for opening night. And I think we both got that same feeling, right, Megan? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, one of the last shows our group saw right before the pandemic was at Pioneer Theater. So to your point, Raj, it felt 100% full circle coming back and starting over. Oh, that's so great. I love that there's a connection like that absolutely. with you as well as us. Isn't that amazing? Ooh, and yeah, like- it's, it really is serendipitous that we're all back together and, and taking this journey again together. I love that you use the word connection right there because that's what theater does. It, it yeah. viscerally connects you between the performers and the audience and the cast and the crew all around you. And it connects stories and gives you a framework into people's lives that you probably wouldn't see elsewise. These stories exactly. that you might not expose yourself to. So I just I love, love, love that you use the word connection right there. <laughs> uh, oh, and I love you are the only reviewer that mentioned that Matt fell off I on opening it. night. That was, and I li- that's the stuff that I live for mm-hmm. because when something that's the that's what I love about live theater on opening night. Just to explain what happened, I did something where I was going into my trance, going into see the future, and my hat flew off, <laughs> and and I just said, "Could you pick that up?" And then as he like gave it to me, I was like, "I saw that coming," and. <laughs> It was just, those are the things that I love because that's like the epitome of being in front of a live audience. Every show is different. Every show has breath and life of its own. So you never know what's going to happen. Definitely. And it's so funny. Sometimes those little experiences, because it's live, even if it's an improv thing or just if a monologue was really emotional or something happens during the show, it adds to it every single time, and it brings more layers into a very layered thing anyway. And, like, yeah, I'm, I, I had to mention it. <laughs> and I also – what I also love is it makes the audience mm-hmm. feel like they're a part of something special and unique mm-hmm. that only they saw. You know, that, that's oh, kind of what gives me chills about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, that's theater gold right there. That is that is mm-hmm. the – the goal of, of live theater is, is being a part of something unique mm-hmm. and a one-time event. And you handled that beautifully, by the way. It was so well oh, done. So uh, it's probably Thank one of my so favorite moments of the night as well. <laughs> it's funny because when I came backstage, one of the um, costume, costume um, members were like, 
oh, oh, your poor hat. And I was like, are you kidding? I live for that. <laughs> it's like, well, and it shows your comedic so chops. It, it shows your comedic chops that you understand the character enough, the story enough that you can play right. with that, which sometimes right. you, you don't get the opportunity in a show when you, it's very, very scripted and <laughs> improv <Exactly>. isn't <laughs> picked there. <laughs> it's, it's the ability. And thankfully, this character, not completely, but it kind of is able to give a wink and a nod to the audience in some respect. So that that played into it. Oh, very much. I want to go back a little bit because you mentioned Karen and talking about bringing this production back. And I loved when I read the director's note. That's like the first thing I go to in a playbills. I want to see what the director's vision and and note for this is. Um, She actually quoted William Shakespeare's from Hamlet. And uh, it's when sorrows come, they come not in single spies, but in battalions. And she pointed out that there have been battalions, sorrow, difficulties, and challenges in the past couple of years. Throughout all of them, I've been looking forward to bringing this Valentine to musical theater onto our stage. Uh, I love that this show is called a Valentine because it is filled with so much love and positivity towards theater. So many references and things such as that. Um, what was some of your favorite Valentines to theater as you were working on this show? Well, I think my main one, and I think this, uh, you know, the rest of the cast, not speaking for them, but I think that they would feel the same way. I think we were just so excited to get a show that was, you could just come into the theater and kind of have a relief and just laugh. And I think that's what we were the most excited for to give to an audience after these two years of, you know, just just uncertainty and and sadness to bring this happiness, mm-hmm. this giddiness, you know, and this joy to to people. And it's, it's that that's been that's been my favorite time of it all, because um, I love to make people laugh. I love to hear people laugh <laughs> when I say things, and it's just—it's just been—it's just been, been such a gift mm-hmm. for us, and hopefully a gift for the audiences. Oh, definitely, and it's—it's it's an escape for the audiences. You know, it's, right. it was already hard enough going in with the pandemic and stuff, and feeling comfortable. And you know, I just want to say they did wonderful. They. Masks were available. People can wear them. I wore them. Megan wore one. They had hand sanitizer out. All these precautions were being taken. Um, And so I felt totally safe and fine that. But also that night was really when the Ukrainian, um, everything started going down over in Ukraine with Russia's invasion there. And as I came in, I almost, you know, throughout the day, I was doing news stories on entertainment and arts and fandoms and things like that. And I almost felt a little bit guilty when all my other news friends are talking about these really heavy subjects. Um, But as I was coming in, I'm like, no, this is this is what life is about, though. It's not about these sorrows. It's about continuing to live and enjoy things, even in hard situations. And so be together, as you know, and and give our love out there to the Ukraine as well that I Mm -hmm. I, totally didn't even put that together but i remember but i remember as as we you know as we finished the show Mm -hmm. one of our cast members was like oh what's going on in the ukraine Mm -hmm. you know and like as i was turning off my phone before the show i was i was i was really thinking about that like do i deserve to to be at a theater right now 
And the answer is yes. <laughs> you in in you deserve to be a part of things that are fun and entertaining and bring us together as a community, even in hard times. And I think that that's something so much that just brings me so much joy when it comes to to comedies and and to being able to be a part of that theater experience. What has your experience been like as an actor during this pandemic? Have you been able to to continue working and lifting people up during this time? What what has that experience been like for you? Oh, well, I have you know for for a huge chunk of time, like everything shut down. Oh, yeah. you know, and um, and then as things started happening again, um. I started getting TV auditions, which was great. Um, so that that was that was going on. I did a virtual Christmas show actually, in kind of like the height of the pandemic. Oh wow! Um, called like it, it called Chris Kringle. It was it's a musical that's been going around forever. So we did that, and we put on a full length, you know, musical with with you know remotely, and then. Um, as things started to open up, I just finished a production 10 weeks actually of Elf, um, back in New York, <laughs> right outside of the city. Um, and then came and did this. So it slowly but surely is coming back. But for a while, oh, one of the things that we did to kind of creatively keep things going, um, my friends and I from Phantom and then it, and then it grew, mm-hmm. um, we started, Every Sunday night, I think it was Sunday, we started a um, uh, reading plays. Oh, fun! And on, uh, you know, virtually, and we'd all get the parts, and we'd all do it, and and slowly we started adding people to the mix, so we became like this kind of troupe of virtual players. Oh, awesome! You know, to keep to keep our spirits up and to keep active in our um, you know acting community. Oh, I love that. And and how was yeah. the response from the audiences there? Uh, with our, oh, we just did it for ourselves. We didn't have audiences. <laughs> okay, that's fine, too. But the, I was, but the, I was um, trying to find a, that, a touching um, story there. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the, our virtual production of that, that had an audience. And mm-hmm. that, um, uh, the, you know, that was well-received. And actually, I just remembered, too, I've been, I've been doing uh, a lot. So that's, mm-hmm. that's. Fortunate. I I did a new recording of Don Giovanni. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a you know a, that's a famous opera and and it's a new rock version of it. So oh. I did a studio recording of that as well, which is on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so there have been there have been some exciting things that have been coming post pandemic, which is was sorely needed. Oh, I love that. Well, and you know, I was looking at your website, robertanthonyjones.com, and it, you did mention that CD becoming available and things such as that. So yeah. That's great. That's wonderful. Uh, so let's go yeah. back to, to Utah a bit. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the experience of actually aud- um, auditioning and then rehearsing with PTC? It must be difficult, particularly since you, you don't live in Utah. What's that like? Well, um, Karen and uh, comes to New York mm-hmm. to audition the actors, and then once we're hired, we come here and we have about I'd say like three, three and a half weeks of a rehearsal period, and then you know two and a half weeks of 
performing the show. And actually, when we did Cagney, that was, you know, at the time that was the, you know, hopefully the pre-Broadway tryout of Cagney. And um, so we were here for a considerable amount of time. They gave us extra time to work things. And so we were in Utah rehearsing, I think, for about five weeks or five and a half weeks. It was a it was a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I hope you've you've enjoyed this uh, Utah as well. (laughs) Oh, we've I love Utah. It's like my second home. Now, what's really cool about PTC is you also get to work with a lot of college students. Um, So this is kind of their their quote unquote big break to to be a part of the ensemble and the company there. Uh, what's yeah. that like working with kind of the the youngsters and the newbies in the theater? They're great. Uh, you know, we it, it's so. Uh, I first of all, they're they're just you know they're members of the company just like we are in mm-hmm. there. They're so they're so talented and they're so driven. I I and I also feel like they have a confidence that's. Um, that, that I didn't have when I was younger. I like, I, one of the things I love about being in Utah is there's this um, confidence or um, just this pride in themselves, you know, not, not, uh, you know, I, I, it's something that I actually look up to. And I love that, you know, that they're, they're the, any, anyone I've ever worked with here in Utah has always been kind and talented and, <laughs> ready to try anything you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of um willingness which which i appreciate and and i love to cut them up backstage even backstage um i for no reason you know the crew uh, are students as well and we have such a good time and last night backstage i said please no one was saying a word and the show was going on i said please Everyone be quiet. We are in a professional theater here. I want everyone, you know, so like we try to keep the atmosphere um, fun and goofy and they are always more than willing to join in. So I love working with, you know, all the university students. Uh, Megan, have you noticed that how just joyful and and, um, excited and loving and accepting Utah performers are not just for their fellow cast members, but for audiences as well? Yeah, I think Utah has a very special culture in which uh, the love of musical theater and art and music is kind of in our bones. And so I feel we have a very special place where we kind of grow a lot of performers. uh, And it's in their bones. It's in their blood. So when they get to that point of interacting with the audience and interacting with actors from out of town, I think it's in their genes. And it's, it's beautiful how they do it. It's beautiful how they connect with people. And it, it really is a truly magical experience to live in a community with, I believe we have over 300 uh, productions running at any given time uh, throughout the year in Utah. Uh, it, it's really a, a, It's really a part of our community here that uh, you just don't find in many other cities. And the performers, that's where it all starts. Oh, I love that. I love that. Like the worst is when you're in a production where there's um, uh, divas that do not right. support each other. Well, that's so funny. We don't. Ha- we actually don't have any divas in this cast. And this cast, there's not 
one rotten apple in the batch. You, you know, a lot of times when you do a show, there's that one person. <laughs> and then a couple weeks later, if you can't find that one person, it's probably you. And oh. like in that cast, in this cast, we have not one person. Everyone is just, a, a, we, we just all really get along. We have the best time on stage rehearsals were ridiculous because I don't know how Karen didn't, you know, um, just like drive us all out or fire us all because we would be laughing in the middle. I mean, I, I, you know, um, the actor who plays Nick, um, Matt, uh, Matt, he and I would be, well, I would try new things and he would look at me and I would look at him. And we would, there was one time where we were so trying not to laugh that, I there were tears that were running down my face <laughs> as we were rehearsing because Matt was trying not to laugh and it wasn't working and I was trying not to laugh and it wasn't working. So there's been we this this, this has been a long time coming. I think oh, yeah. we had a lot of joy and happiness that we needed to get out. <laughs> a lot of release pressure there. Well, and it's such right. a fun show and your part is so much fun as well tell us a little bit about doing the, spe the specific part of Nostradamus what was that like playing such a comedic role uh, well I, you know I'm I'm usually hired to do comedic roles which is great it's, mm -hmm. it's you know it's it's my bread and butter but um uh the thing about Nostradamus is he has this insane amazing eight minute number mm -hmm. and then then he comes back in and patches and says a funny thing and then leaves and says a funny thing and then leaves. So I'll do this like marathon eight minute number early on in the show. And like last night I came downstairs. I was like, you know, we're only halfway through act one. I'm like, well, my show's done, you know? And so I actually love it because it, you get this great number and then I can just have fun for the rest of the show. Cause I, there's it, it's so kooky he's so i you know I, he's just a very kooky and lovable character mm -hmm. that you know i i couldn't help falling in love with him when i first came and did it i was like oh okay this is you know this is what my usual bag of tricks this is what i always do like you know i've done a funny thing happen on the way to the forum mm -hmm. i did i've done man la mancha i've done i've done shows where you know i've been the comedic sidekick or something but this is just something very special there's um it's so well written and it's such the the song that i do musical is such is such a love letter to musical theater mm -hmm. and the references the references i feel are so good because they're so clear mm -hmm. and universal that you don't necessarily it helps of course if you're a theater lover, but you don't necessarily have to be a theater lover to get the the in jokes. It's just part of our culture by now, our whole exactly. culture, not just the theater culture. Well, and that right. song is so intense. Like I'm watching you guys up there and like you just dancing and singing and belting out all this and you know, chorus kick line and all sorts of stuff. Oh, it's beautiful. The whole go see the show, it's worth it just to see that one scene. And then you go right back into acting afterwards. That seems so difficult for me, but so oh much fun. My, well, you're not you're not kidding, uh, because and also let me tell you something. Utah loves to see me dance. <laughs> I have danced in more production numbers here. I was like, can I just stand still and say a funny line? Is that possible? But um, 
Also, one of the things that I do, it is so, it is very dry here in Utah, you know, and with the elevation, um, you know, you have to kind of uh, um, get your breathing in check too. So it's been, that's, it's, it's like a workout. And I have to say doing it with, because we'd rehearse with masks because, you know, at first you're here getting tested three times a week at least. And you're in this, you know, you're in this bubble. So you have to wear a mask for a bit and wearing a mask actually helped because it was that much harder to do it in a mask. So then when we took it off, I was like, God, I can run a Utah marathon right now. <laughs> that is... <laughs> but I will say I keep, I keep a cough drop mm-hmm. in my cheek for mm-hmm. that number because I you can get so dry on stage that I'm able to have something to moisturize me for those eight and a half minutes of the song. That's amazing. Oh, I love it. Is there any <laughs> other little fun stories from this specific show that you want to share with us? Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> um, well, it's actually a two-parter. When I was, when we were rehearsing Cagney, we rehearsed downstairs uh, of the theater in, in a huge rehearsal hall. And there was this big thing going on with Cagney that I wasn't a part of. And I leaned against, very gently, but I leaned against the props, the props that were on the wall. Mm-hmm. And all of them came crashing down. <laughs> and the, the scene stopped. Everyone turned and looked at me. And I said, a line which I will tell in this next story. So then, um, keeping us on the edge of our seats forward, again. Yes, yeah, fast forward to um, uh, something rotten, and I said to our amazing uh, stage manager Mary Costello, I, uh, you know, who did Cagney as well. I said, I said, Mary, remember when we were doing Cagney, and I and I very gingerly leaned against the prop table, and it came crashing down in the middle of, like, this dramatic scene. And she's like, oh, yeah, we were talking about it. So then we're doing the number. We're rehearsing the number Omelette, which, you know, which you saw, which is so intricate so and so right. hilarious. And rehearsing it was just crazy because there's so, – there's a, well, I don't want to give it away, but there's so much <laughs> stuff going on. And so – I'm sitting there waiting to go on and I grab my prop and then 50 props again fall (laughs) on the floor. Everyone turns around and looks at me and I said the same thing that I said when it happened during Cagney. There's dead silence. People were just looking at me. I said, I wasn't getting enough attention. So, (laughs) and I'm so excited because that made Karen laughs. Oh. And to make Karen laugh, that's the ground. Oh, that that's the ground so... right there. That makes me so happy. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, I'm so glad you enjoy PTC. Are you planning on coming back again? Is there any hints that you can give us about that? No, I mean, mm-hmm. I, we don't have anything now because I don't, they don't have, you know, the next season isn't up. But, um, <laughs> You know, I would I would always love to come back if I can make it work with my family. And, and I would love to bring my son with me as oh. well, if that's ever at all possible. So he could, you know, he's one and a half. So right now, <laughs> you know, he's not in school. So <laughs> I would love to bring him at some point, if possible, too. Oh, that would be wonderful. Uh, well, we're, we're going to go ahead and close up this segment of our show. And we're going to go into our final segment after this ad break. And I'm so excited because we are talking about something near and dear to all of our hearts, our love of theater. 
Um, and one of my favorite moments in Something Rotten is a monologue by Shylock. Uh, and it's about his love of theater. And you can just – I you know, people actually clapped during the monologue yeah. here because we, we felt that. Um, and he, so he talks about his love of theater and he says, but what I really love is the theater. I love the sights, the smell, the roar of the crowd, the splat of the fruit as it hits the actors. It's a temple to me. I tell you, a temple, Catholic, Protestant, Jew, I don't give a rat's tukas. I cannot say that right. Tukas. <laughs> My <Tuckus>. religion. <laughs> I don't give a rat's tukas. My religion is theater. And like people applaud at that moment because it's so true how well it brings everybody together. And we're going to take yeah. a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how theater has brought us together um, and into this wonderful world and why we enjoy it so much after this break. We are talking about Pioneer Theater Company's current production of Something Rotten. And, of course, this Valentine to musical theater has me and my guests gushing about our love of theater. Uh, just a reminder, we have Megan Gutierrez, founder of the Utah Theater Lovers, and Robert Anthony Jones, a wonderful musical performer who plays Nostradamus in this show. Now, I often say to people how storytelling is the only real thing that changes the world. You know, money and politics, whatever else, yeah, that's out there. But it's when we allow ourselves to open to another st person's story, we incorporate that into who we are. And it changes how we behave because of that. And I often call theater, musical theater, and particularly the stained glass vision of what the arts is and of what storytelling it is. Because you have these individual components, you have costume design, you have lighting, you have writing, you have acting, singing, dancing, all these little facets of the arts that come together to perform this beautiful story, just as a stained glass does. So it's that stained glass vision. So I'm curious today to learn from each of you how you got interested in the theater in the first place. How'd you come to this wonderful story? Uh, let's go ahead and start with you, Robert. Raj, how did you get into theater? Well, this is actually kind of a funny story. Mm -hmm. My sister was a senior in high school, and she was doing, they were doing Oliver at my high school. And she said, I want to audition for the show, and I think it would be fun if you auditioned as well. I had no interest in theater. I always sang, and, you know, my, my parents brought me to Broadway, mm -hmm. and I had shows in my life. You know, I pretended to be Olivia Newton-John when Xanadu uh, <laughs> came out. You know, all the, all the normal stuff for, um, for a young boy like myself. But um, I never really thought about theater. I actually wanted to be a teacher. And uh, my sister said, you know, I'd love for you to audition for this. And I said, okay. And so I went in and I could sing, you know. I never really sang anywhere else. And so I auditioned and I got called back for Oliver. And then um, I got the understudy for Oliver. Nice. And I always tell this story. Weeks later, like artistic director of the show came up to my mother and said, they call it, 
No one calls me Bob or Bobby, but he called me Bobby. And he said, you know, we love Bobby and he's got a great voice, but we just couldn't give him Oliver because he was too healthy looking. (laughs) I said, no one asked. No one complained about it. I took my understudy role with pride. No one had to say that. That's a sidebar. I don't need to get into that issue. But I did this for my sister, and then it just it just took on a life of its own. And then all of a sudden, I, I'm standing on a Broadway stage. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, oh, I'm getting choked up. Um, and, all, and, and I'm like, what? Where did my life just take me? Oh, and it's taken you all over the world and doing yep. some amazing parts and meeting amazing people. Oh, I love that. Oh, I feel like I'm on Oprah right now. I didn't think I'd be crying. <laughs> oh, they, I, I like to deep dive. I love the arts. I, anyone I can talk to about, I'm going to, which is yeah. which is so fun about meeting Megan because she does the same thing. Uh, Megan, exactly. what got you into theater? Uh, you know, I can honestly say it was my parents. Uh, they They supported arts in the house, of course, but I remember them taking me to see Les Miserables when I was a teenager and being blown away that that's what theater could be. I was used to, you know, high school productions of Oklahoma at that point. So uh, being able to see that and see what theater could be really just, uh, it, it inspired me to see more. Um, and then I, uh, several years later, stumbling on rent, not knowing anything about rent mm-hmm. uh, and realizing, oh, theater doesn't also have to be something my mom would always enjoy. Um, <laughs> because I, yeah, that was definitely something my mom wouldn't want to see at that time. Um, but it, and then the, the, just the progression into discovering all the beautiful gems that are out there and, uh, and learning about myself and learning about other people and challenging my perceptions. And then eventually, of course, being able to bring other people to shows and, and how many people that have joined my group over the years that their first show ever with anybody is, is seeing a production with us. And it's incredible just to see how theater really can change lives and, and, and how it's so a part of my life. Oh, and that's, it, it's a foundation, a foundational part of who I am. What, what I love about hearing these, these stories is we have someone that theater has meant something wonderful to them as a performer. And we have someone who theater has meant something wonderful to them as an audience member here. And I'm yeah. going to go ahead and, and step in and tell mine. And mine is actually the production side. <laughs> so we got kind of all the different levels there. Um, Wonderful. <laughs> some of my earliest memories have actually been in the theater. Um, like my one of my earliest memories of all, my dad directed a little like a sideshow, roadshow type thing. Um, and it was a spoof with Lucy and everything like that. And um, I just remember loving being a part of that experience and watching these people dance on the stage and thinking, I want to be a part of that. So I'd always had done theater and arts and creativity and dabbled in orchestra, directed some shows and um, high school and, and did a lot of technical theater and things like that. And I was on the stage performing a lot too, but I just would be so enthralled with these other amazing performers around me. And they had more, let's face it, talent and passion than I did that I started moving more towards the production side. Uh, Cause there's something about helping to get it all come together. That is just magical and seeming together, you know, the, the concept of what the director's vision is and the writer's vision is just so wonderful. And, you know, I've actually written a children's book about theater um, and that's out as a homeschool curriculum for a few different organizations 
But for me as a child, as I went through the process, it really helped me discover who I was because it put me out there on a stage as a shy individual and told me to speak. <laughs> and then it introduced me to some hard ideas of life, whether it's war or um, or you know, if, if a prince should marry someone that's not a princess, you know, it really helped me discover who I was and shape who I am today. So I'm, I'm always talking about theater <laughs> to people and to arts and everything like that. All right, let's just talk about some of our favorite theater experiences and, and roles. Robert, let's go back to you. What's been some of your favorite roles that you have been able to portray? Well, um, I love doing uh, Alban and Makaja Fall. Mm-hmm. I love doing uh, Edna and Hairspray. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but probably one of one of my favorite roles was playing Mr. Cromer in Finding Neverland mm-hmm. on Broadway at the Lunt Fontaine. Mm-hmm. And I actually have, if you want this, I actually have like a great story. Of course. Um, with well, I, the the story is. I feel like I'm non-stop talking if you give me an hour i'll talk about myself <laughs> well we have about but, 10 minutes so let, let's, let's let's do that <laughs> time. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um i actually um got this um show from the um i was put in contact with the former actor uh who was playing it mm-hmm. um before me and he wrote to me and he was like I really think you'd be good for this and I'm missing a couple weeks would you be interested and it went there and it was very cool and so anyway fast forward to um I not the former the original company member of Finding Neverland uh the part that I took over of Mr. Cromer and um fast forward to it was the day before I was opening and, 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 you know, I would, they call it um, shadowing. And so I would be backstage just going, doing my friend, his name is Josh Lehman and I would be doing his track with him just like backstage. And so it was the end scene. Are you from, uh, do you know Finding Neverland at all? Either of you? I do. I have not seen it yet. (laughs) Yeah. There's a scene at the end where and this isn't like a spoiler alert because everyone you know if you know the show you know it the mother um passes away and she kind of descends into heaven or another world or whatever and they have this amazing um we called it um the gold tornado of death but um oh, yeah. they have this amazing ending where she walks into this like glitter tornado and it just spirals around her it's just very it's if you if you have a chance to see it, i'm sure it's online somewhere it's a yeah it's one of my top five favorite like theater magic moments ever it, it was astounding it incredible. i don't they had fans come up it's incredible and it just stays in this like tavern and so i was um i was on i was in the wings watching this number and um one of the stagehands pushed me like to the furthest end of the wing before I could be on stage. And he was like, just take this in right now. Uh-huh. And, um, and I, I, the lyrics were like, if you close your eyes and count to 10, breathe and I did it again. Um, you know, it's just like talking about going to Neverland. And it was such a culmination of um, my life and my father who had, who had passed away years before had said to me, you know, don't ever grow up, you know, always keep your kid, the kid inside you going. And 
so Peter Pan had been a theme for me. And um, so that moment was so spectacular. And then the next night, my sister, Cindy, who got me into this, um, texted me, and I'm glad I didn't see this until the end of the show. She texted me when she sat down because she was at opening my opening night. And she said, there's a seat next to me that's empty there's you know there's there's one seat next to me that's empty and that's the um seat for dad and so that was that to me was so incredibly special topped with that my mother was able to see me um in my final performance on broadway um where she said, I was so proud of you. I wanted to stand up and say, that's my son. So <laughs> oh, I was, love that. Yeah, it was, it, that was, that was something that I will always carry with me. So as far as like theater roles, you know, there are a ton of them, but as far as theater moments, that was, that was the top of the list. Oh, I'm, I'm getting all teary eyed there. <laughs> oh, uh, Megan, is there experience that stands out for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, thousands. But, um, you know, I think one of the most cathartic experiences for me was seeing Dear Evan Hansen in in previews and not really knowing much about the show, not knowing what to expect. I walked in fairly blind and and it destroyed me uh, in in a very good way. And in so many different parts of that show uh, resonated with me and touched me. But really, one of the biggest parts was the the so big, so small song that the mom sings. And as a mom myself, it, it really struck me, um, you know, the lyrics it's, and I knew there would get emotional. I'm going to be careful here. Um, and I knew there would be moments that I'd miss and I knew there would be space I couldn't fill. And I knew I'd come up short a billion different ways. And I did, and I do, and I will. And then it goes on and it says, your mom isn't going anywhere. Your mom is staying right here. Your mom isn't going anywhere. Your mom is staying right here. And that's so much of who I want to be for my girls. Um, and and I, I, I see how fallible I am as a human and how many mistakes I'll make. But at the end of the day, I'm always going to be there. And and, it, and it's a mantra that I live by to this day now. Okay. And I'm emotional. So it's we're good. We're theater oh my people. God. We're all yeah, emotional. You got me too. That's, <laughs> I have to, and I have to tell you a, a sidebar. I... I sing that song in my car and I change it to be your dad isn't going. (laughs) And I think about my son, you know, I, you know, you know, cause my, my husband and I actually, we, our son is adopted and it took us so long to get him. And then he came at the right exact divine moment. And um, that song as a parent will just wreck you. It will every time in in the best possible way. Yeah, because it allows you to be human. It allows mm-hmm. you to to feel all the things and and still show up as a parent and and recognize that that is your most important role. Oh, I love exactly. That. Oh, that got me, Megan. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that's what theater does. It allows you to be human. It lets you see yep. into other people's life. It it shows. Not just the triumphs that you see on social media or whatnot, but some of the nitty gritty and harsh realities that we face, as well as the joyful wonderfulness and let you experience history in ways that you, you can't experience elsewhere. Like everything. I I absolutely love it and it helps us to re- reflect on our own lives. 
Um, my probably favorite theater experience of all time was at Pioneer Theater Company in the audience. Um, and it was the first time I saw Bright Star. Um, and what was wonderful at the PTC's uh, production of Bright Star, they, it was actually they, they brought in a lot of people from the original Broadway cast. So I was able to see Carmen Cusack play Alice Murphy in it. Oh. Uh, and there was this moment on the stage for, for those of you who don't know what all you really need to know about this part is um, it's an older woman. She uh, she's successful, smart, brave, all these different things. But everyone kind of thinks of her as kind of stuffy. Uh, but she was very outgoing as a teenager. And there's a part where she, in way back in the day, when she transforms into her younger self. Um, and there's this beautiful part where, you know, she's singing this wonderful song and you see her go back. And they kind of remove her costume and put on her young one, take off her earrings. And she steps out of the high heels that she's wearing. And she steps her barefoot onto that stage with such slowness and perfectness. It just, you see her step into her past. And it was wonderful. And it reminded me of me stepping into my past. I was her on the stage, even though she was performing it. And I had a friend with me to that show as my plus one who I hadn't seen in 10 years. We went to high school together. We were in theater together. And both of us audibly gasped and just reached out and held each other's hand at that part. Oh, I'm going to cry. Because we had had that experience together. We were teenagers together. We were stepping back into our 16-year-old selves as well. And that's what theater can do. (laughs) It can teach you about yourself, about others. It can open up worlds of discovery. Um, And just as Shylock says, it's a place of worship for everyone is welcome to. Ah, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, I wish we can keep talking, but we're kind of towards the, we're at the end of our, our time lot here. I, I want to thank you guys both for coming so much. Um, it has been so wonderful just to pick your brains and to hear your stories. Uh, real quick, I want to remind our audiences a bit. Megan, uh, can you tell us a little bit about Utah Theater Lovers and where people can find that information? Yeah, so we're a local-based organization primarily. Uh, if you just go to a the website Theater Lovers Experience, and that's theater with an E-R, so Theater Lovers Experience, you'll find all of our information about our travel adventures as well as our, our monthly uh, Utah Theater Lovers events. And it you just join us, you, you grab a ticket, and we go to dinner, and, and we talk, and we cry, and it's a wonderful group, so we, it's open to everybody. I love it. And Robert Anthony Jones, our wonderful Broadway performer here today, also known as Raj. How can people <laughs> learn more about you and, and follow your creative journey? Oh, well, you can go on uh, robertanthonyjones.com. It's as easy as that, and I'll have all my information there. It's chock full of pictures and reviews and even clips of me. <laughs> That's wonderful. I, I did see you had some great accolades in, in your review section. Let's go out and find a clip of you doing Zaza from I Love, I Am What I Am. And I, I found a clip of you singing that song. It was so beautiful. And Oh, oh thank you. you so much. So many great things that you've done. Oh, I love thank it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, and I was just complimenting all the wonderful reviews you had posted on our website. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You only put the good ones up. Oh, of course. The, other, the bad ones don't exist. What are you talking about? I, 
I, it's so funny that you say that because I've had a director say to me one time, well, if you believe the good ones, you have to believe the bad ones too. And I'm like, no. I actually don't subscribe to that. <laughs> I think the bad ones don't know what they're saying and the good ones are geniuses. <laughs> that's, that's what me and Megan were saying at the top is when we talk about theater, we talk about what we love about theater, not what we, we hate about theater. We can, you yeah. can't focus on the positive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, and so Something Rotten, it runs through March 12th, 2022, with evening shows Monday through Saturday and a Saturday matinee. Tickets are between $48 and $77, and they are available at pioneertheater.org. Um, and so go ahead, check that out. Check out these websites. I'll make sure to link this information in my uh, podcast description well, and Kellyanne, I just want to say thank sure. you for having us. It, it's been such a delightful way to spend a Tuesday afternoon. Oh, I'm loving yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, and thank you for being so open, and um, it's comfortable, and I felt like I was sitting here with two friends that I knew oh. for years. Uh, thank you guys for joining me today. Uh, thanks, and thanks our listeners for listening to this episode of Fan Effect, a KSL News Radio podcast beyond sci-fi, fantasy, gaming, and tech. Because, you know, I'm bringing in the arts. <laughs> we are excited to share with you our knowledge and often arguments on everything pop culture and fandom. Based in the beautiful Beehive State, Fan Effect celebrates Utah's unique fan culture. And we are excited to bring you local guests that feel the same way. I'm your co-host and producer, Kellyanne Halverson. Listen regularly on your favorite platform at kslnewsradio.com or on the KSL News Radio app. Do you have a fun idea or local fan culture topic you'd like us to explore? Let us know by messaging our Facebook page at Fan Effect Show, where you can get the latest nerdly updates and join the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Fan Effect Show and Twitter at Fan Effect Show. And remember, that's an E, Fan Effect. Thanks for listening, and we hope to have you back real soon for another episode of Fan Effect. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.